The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ireland is by far the loudest pro-Palestine voice in the European Union. While Europe has been quick to express solidarity with Israel throughout recent horrific events, Ireland continues to advocate for the Palestinian struggle for an autonomous homeland while also condemning the actions of Hamas. But the history of Ireland's pro-Palestine position is not a straightforward one. Early Irish nationalism identified strongly with Israeli state-building, and later, cultural divisions during the Troubles ensured that anti-colonial sympathies for Palestine would predominate to this day. Now, joining us to analyse all of this and guide us through Ireland's historical twists and turns is Naomi O'Leary, Europe correspondent with the Irish Times. Naomi, good morning. Hi, Pat. Great to be with you. Now, it's an intriguing uh, analysis, I suppose. Uh, You know, some people uh, demonstrating on the streets uh, pro-Palestine, even after the actions of Hamas, and other people obviously expressing solidarity with Israel. So bring us back in time to where this all began. Right. So it can seem like a simple binary today. But if we look back into history, as always, things were a little bit more complex than they might seem today. Um, So... If we talk about the period of the early 20th century, Ireland and the area of Palestine were, you know, they were of a piece as part of the British Empire. They were managed with similar colonial methods and some of the same colonial administrators were actually involved both in Ireland and in the territory of Palestine. Um, At the same time, though, ideologically, in the early, early 20th century, There was a level of sympathy with Jewish people among Irish nationalists as they were seen as um, fellow persecuted people seeking a homeland and seeking to have their own state. Um, So there was there was sympathy at that time. And we can see this reflected in some family stories and some of the biographies of people who played a role both in the establishment of Ireland as an independent state and in the establishment of Israel. Um, Some of these figures, for example, we can look at family history of the current Israeli president, um, Isaac Herzog. Uh, So he is the son of an Irish-born man, which I think under Irish law actually makes him automatically an Irish citizen, although I don't know if he identifies as Irish. And that family, the Herzog family, were basically a family of senior rabbis. His grandfather was known as the Sinn Féin rabbi, because as well, as well as being a Zionist, he was also an avid Irish Republican and reputedly had fluent Irish. And then the, his son, who's the father of the current Israeli president, he was um, raised in Dublin. He actually represented Ireland in boxing at one point. And then he went on to join the British Army, as quite a lot of people did in those days. And he was one of the people to take part in the liberation of the Nazi extermination camps. And then later on in life, he went on to play a very important role in the foundation of Israel in the, you know, the early years of the state and ultimately became president himself. So that's one of those histories which sort of reflects that it wasn't always so simple. Um, now, there's another why, did it, well. why did it change? I mean, um, the idea that uh, during the Troubles that Unionists, for example, would identify more with Israel and that Republicans would identify more with the Palestinians. Yeah. So this week I've been asked to explain this several times by um, international people, fellow European journalists have asked me, why is it that Ireland has such a distinctive voice on this issue? And when I explain it to them, the very simple way that I put it is that the Irish public predominantly um, views Palestinians as um, the victims of settler colonialism. 
and they identify with that history as having um, echoes of Ireland's treatment by Britain. Uh, and that's the foundation of it. So mm. by no, the It's interesting, the Troubles happened, began in 1969. Um, the year before that, in 1968, there was the Munich Olympics when um, Black Se- September, a Palestinian group, uh, actually occupied the Israeli uh, headquarters. Uh, there was a siege and people died. And this was just before the trouble started. So the Palestinians generally were not well regarded in that era. Um, it's... I think it's a it's a complex tale, but what we can what we can say is that the establishment of the relations of the Irish state with Israel and Palestine were formed in a time when the troubles were raging in the north, and I think that that had an influence on shaping how it was approached. So it took Ireland a really long time to recognise the state of Israel comparatively, and even longer to establish diplomatic relations. Whereas on the other side, Ireland was the first EU country to um, endorse the idea of the foundation of a Palestinian state back in 1980. Um, so we can see that quite early on, um, there it became a binary where Irish nationalists identified with Palestinians on the other on the other side, um, loyalists would be more likely to see parallels of their situation with Israel. Mm. Um, now, so you have a vicarious identif- identification with the two sides of this conflict. Now, I, I've been reading about uh, the, the history of Israel and uh, how the state came about uh, in recent times. And the former president of Israel was a man called Menachem Begin, who was the founder of the Likud Party. And he was branded as a terrorist uh, because he was uh, with a group which was at odds with mainstream Zionism at the time. And uh, they went out about bombing and killing. And the idea was that he took his lessons from Michael Collins, believe it or not, and from the quest for uh, independence in India. And, Mm. you know, so therefore that would be something that maybe the provisional IRA would identify with. But then suddenly when, you know, the state of Israel established is established and they become in the eyes of some the oppressor of the Palestinians, the whole thing flips. That's right. And he wouldn't be the only figure to see or to to record a parallel between the old IRA's um, guerrilla tactics and the tactics that were then employed by Zionist forces um, in the build-up to the foundation of Israel. So there was a a, a key, uh, one of the founding members of Fianna Fáil was called Robert Briscoe. He was another person who was a very firm Irish nationalist and who was also a Zionist. Uh, he was a close friend and associate of Eamon de Valera and a very prominent figure um, in the 20th century in Ireland. He was the first um, he, Jewish Lord Mayor of Dublin. That's right. And he, before that, he was in the IRA, the old IRA. Uh, he was a very firm Republican. And what he went on to do was he um, he went on to be an advisor to, you know, the early Israeli, Israeli state and Zionist forces, including in passing on some of the know-how of the IRA's guerrilla tactics in furthering their aims as well. Now, it is uh, very complex when we see that, you know, the people who are responsible for terror then become ultimately peacemakers. And uh, that's how everyone hopes that it will evolve, that somehow representatives of the oppressed Palestinians uh, who may be involved in violence today will become the peacemakers of tomorrow. But it's hard to see that now from this from this particular juncture. I think 
unfortunately, the last um, two weeks have revealed, you know, the radicalizing and polarizing nature of violence, where when people suffer such immense pain, it just takes extreme strength of human character to overcome that and to work towards peace again. But if you speak to the optimists, and, you know, this is something you hear from a lot of Irish leaders, what they're hoping is that the renewed attention on this conflict could cause a new um, engagement with the peace process in the Middle East, which has really sort of foundered, untended for many years with a, a fall off in energy of diplomatic efforts to resolve it. Um, so that's the hopes of the optimists. It's difficult to cling to that, though, when you see how things are going, the hardened positions um, on both sides, and particularly, you know, the, the statements that you hear coming out of the Israeli government at this time uh, in terms of what they plan to do in Gaza. Now, uh, the Irish government, therefore, has got to tread warily because it cannot be seen to in any way condone the actions of Hamas, uh, which, you know, they're comparing to 9-11 in terms of proportionality and numbers dead and so on, and the nature of uh, the, the savagery that occurred. And then on the other side, the bombing, carpet bombing of Gaza City by um, Israel. So Ireland has got not to be seen to approve of the uh, the actions of Hamas while sympathising with the plight of the Palestinian people. That's right. So all of Ireland's efforts to advocate for the aspirations of the Palestinian people and the importance of providing humanitarian aid and support for Palestinian moderate forces, all of that will be discredited if they are seen as having sympathies with the attack that took that was um, that was done by Hamas because of the extremely cruel, brutal nature of it, and you know its obvious targeting of civilians, um, which has just caused you know profound horror and disgust all around the world. Um, so w- what's interesting now, though, is Ireland has quite an important role to play because it has the political space to do so. The Irish public is very strongly um, impassioned about the Palestinian issue and about the aspirations of the Palestinian people. And this enables the Irish government to be a very strong voice in Europe, which it has been. It's been one of the most prominent ones in terms of calling from the outset for restraint on the part of Israel and the letting in of humanitarian aid. That has been noticed internationally well beyond Europe. Um, it means, you know, there's there's advantages for Ireland in doing that. It will, it will help Ireland's image in some places. It also comes with some risks. Um, you know, obviously, this is, uh, this does not amuse Israel. Um, and uh, also, you know, it means that Ireland is a little bit at a distance from the sort of the European centre ground on this, um, and certainly from the position of the United States. All right. Well, it's a fascinating story, Naomi, and thank you very much for trying to get to the bottom of Ireland's shifting attitudes towards Israel and the Palestinian question. Naomi O'Leary, who's the Irish Times Europe correspondent.